I remembered looking out the window and I remembered just before I drifted off thinking, I am home. Hello, my name's Blair Murphy and this is The Bishop's Office, a podcast where I talk to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their conversion, missionary service and life experiences. This week I'm speaking to Del Davidson about when she got baptised. You might have heard some of this in a sacrament talk a few months back, but there's so much good stuff in this experience I couldn't resist getting into more of the detail. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Del, it's great to catch up with you today and to speak about your conversion experience. How are you doing? Really well, thank you, Bishop. Great. So you're up in Queensland at the moment with uh, with one of your daughters, is that right? Yes, I have two daughters up here yep. and one in New Zealand and uh, Robbie and Crystal are coming up with baby tomorrow. That's great. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to um, remembering a little bit about your conversion experience. Before we get into, you know, you going to Temple View and um, yep. the experiences there, what can you tell me about your, your life and upbringing? Have you always believed in God? Yes, I can give you an experience of when I was about three years old. In our little neighbourhood, everybody went to Sunday school. So parents were able to get rid of their children. And I can remember uh, climbing on this uh, box, looking through the window, and they were singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That was my first recollection of feeling that Jesus was real and of hearing of him, really. I remember skipping all the way home saying, Jesus loves me. Um, I've just had this immediate love and have always had this love for him. So what about in your household? Um, your parents were sending you off to Sunday school, maybe for a bit of a break, maybe because they thought it was worthwhile. Was um, religion something that was discussed in the home? No. no, religion wasn't part of my bringing up. My siblings stopped going to Sunday school, of course, and they tried everything they could to stop me from following this religious path. So you continued to go for, for many years through your childhood and teenager years, is, is that what you're saying? Yes, I was um, very much into it. I had been planning to be a, a nun in the high, um, the Church of England had a, a high, a high like they called the High Church of England, which they had nuns and they still do. Mm. Um, and that was my planning i had been studying and doing exams and things like that for it and um when i was 14 it was holy communion time and so i had that and then i was able to go to what they call bible fellowship on a wednesday night so starting from then it was bible fellowship and on friday night it was like a coffee lounge where everybody got together and sung religious songs and enjoy each other's company. I couldn't wait to go to Bible study. I was so looking forward to it. I had a zillion questions. When I was 12, I remember it was after reading the, the New Testament and thinking, especially where Christ was crucified, and thinking he rose again. Like, I can't believe that he would just go to heaven and, and just leave us like this. I've heard other people say that they felt the same thing. And so I was always questioning. And I thought, well, I asked the minister when I got there, one of the first things was, where did you get your authority to be a minister? 
that was very upsetting and my questions kept on um, being asked and I was asked by the lay person that I would not be able to come back to Bible fellowship if I continued asking these questions. Where did that question come from about priesthood authority? Uh, is it something that you read that prompted the question or was it some, some other way? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to read the Bible, mm-hmm. the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. And, of course, don't forget that study started to be for, to be a nun. It, it was, you know, quite intense and quite into it. And so, yeah, so these questions started to come out and I was sort of becoming disillusioned. The biggest thing was one night, a friend of mine, uh, a lot of, you know, the youth that would gather at the coffee lounge on the Friday nights was breaking off and starting to go to Pentecostal had just come and and other religions sort of, and they, they started going to it. And she said to me one night, she said, have you accepted Christ into your heart and have you been baptized? And I said, of course I have. I said, you know, I have. And she said, to be able to have the true baptism, you must be able to speak in tongues. Well, that bothered me. That just sent me, I, I could not forget it. I couldn't rest. I couldn't, it, it was obsessive. Um, and that's when I started to look at other religions. That's, I've, I've been to so many different religions. I've been to old houses where you walk through all the different things in the dark with a candle and you have no idea. I have been through so many. And it was many people that I worked with. They were Methodist, Catholics, everything, you name it. I had been with them to many of their um, services. In my lunch hour, I used to go with a woman I worked with down to the Catholic church. And she had a rosary bless from the Pope, which she used to tell me every day. But I found that a very oppressive. I, I found like they were preaching Christ dead, not alive. I was looking for alive. I love this description of really fervently trying to find the true church and to find a religion that resonated with um, the understanding that you'd gained from the Bible. What were the circumstances that led to your being introduced to um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And how do you see God's guiding hand in that? Oh, God's guiding hand was there all right. In my lunch hour one day, I was walking past a travel agent and felt overwhelmed to go in and book a passage to New Zealand. And so I did. Had you been wanting to go even, to New Zealand or what? No, 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 no. I had, until I walked past that travel agent, I had no idea of going to New Zealand. But as the time got closer, I was getting very afraid and I was going to back out. But I said to the Lord that I was getting very afraid and I knew that it was from him. I knew it was the spirit telling me to do this. And I said, I'm getting very afraid. Now, the, the beautiful thing of it is, is that when I got on the ship and it was leaving port and my mother was waving goodbye, I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm doing this because you want me to be here. But I am alone. I am afraid. 
and I, I don't know what to do now. Immediately, I mean immediately after that prayer, a young girl came up to me and she said, are you traveling alone because I am and maybe we could be friends for the trip? And I said, oh, that'd be wonderful. It turns out we we're in the same cabin. We had, you know, similar uh, standards and we had a great time. And she said, look, if it doesn't work out for you in Wellington, here's my address, come to me. But previously, an uncle whom I hadn't seen for many years had heard that I was going to New Zealand and he came in to tell me my cousin was over there. And he gave me her address. He said, write to her, you might want to visit. I wrote to her and didn't hear anything back. And I gave her the address that I would be in Wellington. And I do remember that when I arrived in Wellington and arrived at this place, they were on drugs. That it, it, it was incredible mm. to be put in that situation. So pretty you decided you were going to head to see your cousin or this friend that you'd met on the ship, did you? Pretty much. The next morning, I was up early and I was thinking, well, I'm going to go home. Because I didn't know what my cousin's address was because I hadn't heard from her. But when I got back to the house to pack my things, there was a letter from my cousin. Now, this is what's on a Saturday morning. She said, come up for a weekend sometime. So I got on the train that night. It was an overnight thing. And again, I was praying the whole time that Heavenly Father would lead me to what I was to do. And so I arrived at Hamilton, got a taxi out to Temple View, and I knocked on the door. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I'll take the taxi back. But I looked around, the taxi had gone, and then my cousin's husband opened the door, whom I've never met. And I hadn't seen my cousin since like I was about 10. This would have been about seven in the morning. And so I was so tired. We talked and they said, look, lie down here and have a sleep. We're off to church. So, so that, had your cousin joined the church then, had she? Yeah, she, she was a, a Latter-day Saint, but I had no idea. Mm. And was um, your uncle a Latter-day Saint as well? Um, who had dropped- No. No. Okay. So your, your cousin at some stage had um, joined the church and had ended up in Temple View. Yeah. They were there on their honeymoon and her husband was a decorator and he was asked to stay to help redecorate the temple. And so they were there for three months and my cousin had a job at the solicitors. So you go have a nap and they head off to church. Is that the story? Yes. I remembered looking out the window And I remembered just before I drifted off thinking, I am home. And I went to sleep. And then that was, they went off to Sunday school because remember sacrament was in the afternoon then. Mm. And so I woke up just as they were going off to sacrament. And I said, no, no, don't go without me. And so I went along. And when I went along, I thought, wow, this is weird. This is so different. And I I remembered, I couldn't remember what people were saying. I just was flabbergasted. I'd never seen anything so different before. There was no crosses, no anything. And um, I thought, oh, this is very weird. So after sacrament, my sister turned around and there was Brother Penny. And she said, oh, this is Brother Penny. And 
she whispered, you know, like he, he put his hand out. She said, he's blind. Do you have to grab his hand? I grabbed his hand and that was an amazing feeling. It was like as if I was blind. I might have walked away from that meeting thinking that was quite strange. But in grabbing his hand, it was as if like a whole bunch of energy just entered me. It was, I can't explain it. I knew that I can't walk away from this. There's, there's something very compelling here. There's, there's something the Spirit's trying to tell me. So you get introduced to this brother, Penny, who's a brother in the ward. Um, but as yep. you shake his hand, you have yes. a spiritual experience, it sounds like, that you just feel spiritual power. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, he was blind, but I felt I was the one that was blind, not him. So sort of an empathy that came through the spirit. Is that what you're describing? I don't know. Um, I can only tell you that the, the, the words in my head were, he's not blind, you're blind. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So there was sort of a metaphor that was drawn by the spirit to say, you know, this guy's physically blind, but you're spiritually blind. Is that what you mean? Yes, yes. That's so what right. happens next? So because they were still newly married, there was arrangements made because they were living in the temple motels for me to go down and live with the people that ran the motels. They had two daughters. One daughter was my age and one had just left to move to Auckland. So I moved into her room and... So this was the Sunday morning that I arrived. And on the Wednesday night, um, her name was Colleen and she was paying tithing. And I said, you know, like, what are you doing? She said, oh, I just got to pay my tithing. So she was filling it out. And I said, well, can I pay too? And she said, well, I don't know. I suppose so. So I filled out a form and I paid what money I had left. But I just wanted to thank the Lord for getting me there safely. And I just felt instantly that was a good way I could do it. And so we went off to Institute that night and they were talking about Alma in the book of Alma, the Mormon Wars. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed all confusing to me, totally confusing. And I just sat there. So was this your first introduction to the Book of Mormon then, just being dropped in the middle of Alma? Yeah, I didn't even know it was the Book of Mormon. I had no idea what that was. And that's why I guess I understand where people are introduced to the church. We have our, our such a cultural or such a way of doing things. I mean, they might as well be talking another language. <laughs> well, they are it most is, of the time, right? <laughs> it is. And it is so far away from what you've ever been taught at that moment. Because don't forget, I was still rattled from what happened in Wellington. And I was just trying to be calm and trying to work out what was the point of me being there. After that, on the following Saturday morning, Colleen said, look, there's some missionaries going over to the visitor's centre. Would you like to go? And I said, yes. So I got shown Man's Search for Happiness. And then when we got to Joseph Smith, that's when it happened. 
they went through the first vision and every cell in my body everything was saying this is right this is true god the father and jesus christ did appear to this prophet i knew he was a prophet and you know because of that such strong emotional and spiritual experience that i had i was weak literally weak and i had to sit down that experience comes back to me every time when i need to be strengthened that's when i knew that this is what the lord was bringing me to this was my purpose for being here this was where i belonged in this church and then i said how do i join and so you have this amazing experience at the visitors center what happens next to actually you know what was the process of getting ready to, to being baptized nothing i was baptized in about an hour and a half after oh, really that's great yeah. how did they arrange this baptism in an hour's time Okay, uh, the missionaries, uh, one of the missionaries uh, did the baptism and then uh, they had uh, the people that were at the motels and then there was, they were the assistants actually and they were seeing missionaries off. So I had those missionaries. It was a Saturday, so I had my cousin and her husband there and I don't know, just various people they dragged out of Templeview, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. And, and, and it all uh, happened in the course of a week, essentially, hasn't it? You arrived on a yeah, Monday or something. Yeah. And I arrived on the Sunday back. morning, went to sacrament on Wednesday evening, paid the tithing, went to institute, and then Saturday morning went to the visitor centre and was baptised on the Saturday afternoon, <laughs> just after uh, lunch. That's such a great experience. Thank you for, for going through it again. It's just, it's just wonderful. What happens then? How long do you stay in Temple View? What's your experience as a new member of the church? Because you still, by all standards, know very little about the church. What you know is that it's true and that Joseph Smith's a prophet, right? Um, which is the yes. most important information. But how do you go about becoming a fully-fledged member of the church? Well, after my baptism... Colin had arranged for some of the other young adults to get together. There was some activity going on. So when they picked me up and my hair was still wet, they said, oh, did you just wash your hair? And I said, yes. I said, because I got baptised this afternoon and I need to wash it and get ready for this. And they were so excited. I had no idea. I had no idea it was a big deal mm. to get baptised. Had no idea at all. So I found a job. When I went for the job, I had an interview on the Monday. It was a dress shop, a material shop. And um, so I went there with the manager and I told him that I had just been baptised on Saturday because I told him where I was living and he asked me, oh, are you, you were Latter-day Saint? And I said, yeah, I've just been baptised on Saturday. So I started talking about this and he said, look, You've got the job, but he says, as you have the discussions, will you come and teach me in the lunch hour? And I said, well, they've got missionaries and they can come and teach you. And he said, no, no, I want you. So I said, well, okay. I said, thank you very much for the job. 
And so you you start telling um, your new employer about the church. What happened? Did he end up investigating the church further or, or what? I have no idea because I was hopeless at that job and he knew I was. I couldn't cut to, you know, save my life. But I got offered a, another job and I, and I took that. So I had no idea. And I do hope that he became a member because he was a wonderful man. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but, you know, it's been great to hear your experience. Now, you obviously come home, you eventually meet Bob and have a, have a wonderful family, but life hasn't been easy and it, it's not easy still, right? What has the gospel meant to you throughout your life and as you try to um, navigate the ups and downs of, of life? How, how has your membership in the Church of Jesus Christ blessed your life? I would say it's everything to me. I was writing in my diary this morning. I was thinking about, you know, we're up to third Nephi and I'm reading about the experience of Christ coming again. And I have 10 questions that I generally ask myself about the experience that I find in the scriptures and how it affects me. And one of the questions is my flaws and weaknesses. What are they? And I put, that, you know, one of my flaws is that I can get down, things can get me down and I can sort of feel low and I've always got to fight this um, feeling of inadequacy. I'm not academic. But the Lord has blessed me with incredible experiences through my life. And I can always go back to those experiences and become confident and positive. I never stay down for too long. And that would be one of my greatest blessings. I don't know what it is. It's a spirit that just comes. It's the scriptures. I can read the scriptures and that I'm just so full of the spirit. And it brings me right back up to know that he loves me and that he loves us all. And uh, I find myself constantly praying for those who know not God, that they will know God. And I look for that day. I can't wait for that day when everyone will know God. Well, thank you, Del, for taking the time to share your experience with us. It's um, been wonderful to relive those uh, incredible uh, moments in your life and to, to feel of the power of your testimony. Thank you, Bishop. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Dell's conversion experience. It was a busy week there that first week in New Zealand, and I particularly loved the way those YSA really responded to the news of her baptism with such great excitement. That's all I have for you this week until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.